Money Catcher Leadership Podcast brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the podcast today. I'm Jenny Katrin, your host, the founder and CEO of the Foresight Group. And uh, we're doing something a little different this week. We are going to do a four-part mini-series on the four dimensions of extraordinary leadership. And uh, you guys might remember that I released a book by that title a few years ago, really core to my philosophy on leadership, grounded in the great commandment where we're told to love God and love others. And that's just kind of the basis of leadership for me. And so we recently just launched a brand new course that is also kind of accompanies the book. It's it's kind of different content, but parallels the book content, kind of expands upon it. And then we thought, you know what would be fun is let's do a series and talk about this even more. So the book, the course, the podcast mini series all go together to just help equip you as leaders. You know, I think we're in a season where we've always needed great leaders, but I think we're all feeling the weight of leadership just because of the impact of this past year. I think, you know, as we're moving into 2021, we're all still recognizing this is a lot of heavy lifting as leaders. This is a hard season for most leaders that I'm talking to. So having resources that help us just have a really healthy philosophy on leadership a really healthy perspective on great God-honoring leadership, I think is needed for every leader at every level. And so that's why we're doing these resources, just to help continue to equip you and your team with leadership thought that hopefully inspires you to be an extraordinary leader. So what we're doing this week is we're going to do this four-part mini-series. This is episode one, but I have invited my friend Trey McKnight to join me on the podcast Trey is just a remarkable leader in his own right. I'm going to have him introduce himself here in a minute, but he recently joined the Foresight team. Um, He's one of our coaches and uh, helps with executive coaching and culture consulting, just a brilliant leader and thought leader. But Trey is also like a fantastic, he has his own podcast that is amazing. So y'all need to check that out. He's just a great leader of leaders. And I thought, let's have Trey kind of, let's flip the mic and let Trey interview me. And it also gives you guys a chance to get to know him. So Trey, welcome. Thank you for joining me and doing this. This is going to be so fun. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. And then I'm going to quit talking and let you take it away and be the host of the podcast for the series. (laughs) Well, Jenny, I got to say, first of all, thank you for allowing me to be a part of your podcast. I think this is the first time that anybody has ever handed over their podcast and said, I just want you to take over. (laughs) (laughs) This will be good. This will be good. This will be a lot of fun. Uh, It's been awesome getting to know you over the last uh, few months now and uh, really just digging into really understanding a lot of, as you said, your foundation for leadership. And you mentioned the word inspire. And I think that's Mm. one of the things that we both have in common uh, in the way that we want to, you know, influence other leaders and help grow them, provide resources just in the way of inspiring them. You know, you can you can drag somebody through something. You can yeah. try to really pull something out of somebody. But I think the best way really is to inspire somebody uh, to do that. So I'm just, I'm a fan of yours and, and your story and all that you've done you. uh, as a leader. And so I'm, I'm grateful to get to learn from you, but then also come alongside you and do this podcast together and hopefully, you know, be able to, to meet a lot of great people this year and, and we can all jump in this journey together. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Tell everybody a bit of your story and introduce yourself appropriately. 
Absolutely. So yes, I am Trey McKnight. Um, I first and foremost, uh, just a believer for years and um, really also draw from leading out of a way of service and out of example that, you know, really Jesus gave all of us. My love that, you know, as we'll dig into the content of things that that's what we get to talk about, because I feel like that's truly my heart and leadership as well. Currently serve on a team of incredible people here with Big Stuff Ministries. Uh, we do summer camps down in Panama City Beach every year, except for 2020. And we're trying to figure right. out what this year is going to look like as well. So I get to get to lead the team here and spent time both in corporate world and in ministry world full time on both sides. So I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of both sides, which is, is cool to bring those two worlds together now yeah. in what I do. Yep. Um, I know you, you're in the same boat with that. So love working with great organizations and working with leaders and people who are pumped and excited to just continue to grow in everything we do. I've got an incredible family here in Georgia with me, a wife of almost 12 years now, and good then two little boys who keep us on our toes all the time. I so. can't wait to meet your boys in person. So yeah. I, and, and your wife, I love following you guys on um, Instagram, but I can't wait till we can finally get to meet in person. So it's going to be absolutely. Good. We're going to make it happen soon. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And Trey, you've well, been, wanna... well, sorry, I had to just nod that to the fact yeah. that I can't, I can't quite turn the hosting responsibilities over. You're going to end up having to like <laughs> proverbially slap my hand and be like, Jenny, I'm in charge. Um, now, see, this is, this is where we're going to get into this though, because just the two types you know, our foundations for where we lead most out of our typing that, that, that just, we're seeing that play out right now. Which it's, is already, awesome. so it's already, it's we'll already happening. About that. <laughs> well, I was just going to say like, you're one of the leaders who has really had to lead through the trenches this past year. And I don't want to overlook that. You mentioned, you know, you lead at big stuff camps and you guys didn't get to do your normal thing last year. And there's even a question mark about this year. And so I just want to thank you for your faithfulness as a leader, because you've had to just lead through some incredibly challenging things when everything that was normal kind of gets upended and still inspired to your team, keep them engaged. And I, I bet there'll be some good places for us to even have you reflect on that as we talk over the next few episodes. So now I will yeah. be quiet until you ask me a question <laughs> and I will now follow appropriately. So it's all yours. <laughs> Thank you for handing me the reins. Uh, I, I, I will borrow them. I won't take them from you, but <laughs> I do want to say this just to kind of tie a bow on what you just said. I was talking with another guy who I respect as a leader in my life. His name's Reed Moore. He's a, a lead pastor here near me at our home church, a good friend of mine that I've known for 15, 20 years now. And we were talking the other day and he said this, he said, leading during this time is a weighty privilege. Ah, uh, that's good. And you mentioned, you yeah. said, you know, it's been a weighty season for us to walk through, but I love the way that he worded that. And, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about what we've walked through as big stuff and I'm sure what you've walked through in your leadership and so many of us across the country, and across the world, it really is weighty. But I think part of what has gotten me through it and has helped me is recognizing and understanding and feeling most days that this is a privilege That's that good. to have an opportunity to lead through the last year, especially yeah. uh, is a privilege because people are looking for leadership more now than ever. That's good. That's been, I think one of the things I've just really, really grabbed onto uh, even looking ahead at how we continue to navigate a lot of the uncertainty that we all face. And uh, hopefully we can all move toward this idea of just extraordinary leadership, which is something that you talk about a good bit. And so for my first question for you, when you think about an extraordinary leader, what does that word extraordinary mean to you? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was interesting when I was working on the book, I really wrestled with 
trying to give a definition around leadership because there, there are so many perspectives on leadership and we've all seen some good and some bad examples. I think uh, there's a Barna research report that came out probably a year or so ago now, but it was said like something like 82% of young people ages 18 to 35 say that we're in a leadership crisis because there are no good leaders right now. And that stat, just as somebody who's given my life to leadership development, just makes me want to vomit because it's like, gosh, if the perception of a younger generation is that leadership is kind of almost like a four letter word, right? Like, like there are no good leaders, like, you know, people who call themselves leaders are not great leaders. You know, it really just challenged me. And, you know, that has come out since I wrote the book. But even when I was writing the book, I was feeling this conviction that, we need a way to describe leadership that gives it the gravity that it has. The, I often say that leadership is sacred work because, mm. you know, it's like uh, your pastor saying it's a weighty privilege. There is a sacredness and a reverence to leadership that is needed. I think our culture has lost that to a degree. We see the word leader as a position of power and influence, and it is right. both of those things. But fundamentally, it's a sacred privilege. It is an extraordinary honor. It is not about us. It is about others. And so when I dug into the word extraordinary, because I'm a geek, and so I pick up the dictionary and I start to like, you know, (laughs) dig into these words. The word extraordinary means rare and exceptional. Hmm. And I thought, you know what? That's what I want my leadership to look like. I do want it to be rare and exceptional. I want it to stand out. I want it to reflect who got, and I, I clearly don't get this right the majority of the time, but the, the aspiration is to say, I want to be a leader that is extraordinary. It's not perfect. It's not about perfection, but it's about that rare and exceptional understanding of the weight, the responsibility of leadership, the sacredness of it, and even the framing that leadership isn't about me or for me. I think that's probably one of the first fundamental things we get wrong about yes. leadership is that it's about me and my position and my privilege and my opportunity to scale the ladder and do the thing. And it's really not. It's leadership is all about others. And so when I dug into, you know, trying to find the right word, that idea of rare and exceptional, that being what extraordinary means is why I, I pulled that word out to describe leadership. Well, see, now you've got me intrigued because I, I've read the book which is awesome. You sent it to me just a few weeks ago and I, it was, I mean, I couldn't stop reading it. So <laughs> thank Good. you for doing that. Yeah, for sure. But I, you know, now you're talking about kind of how you came to this word extraordinary and ex- exceptional. And I think that does lift the idea of leadership for a lot of people even hearing that now, because sure. as you said, I think we have this, this picture of leadership in a lot of ways. It's the boss. It's the, ah, 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 ah. Right. Those exceptional, extraordinary leaders are the ones that learn to serve yeah, are the ones that, right. that learn to really lift others up. Yeah, I got to know, you know, as you got to that word, I mean, just give us the whole origin story. Like when you go to kind of get back to the idea of four dimensions of extraordinary leadership, where does that come from? It was really a reflection of my personal journey as a leader. Like I tell the story in the book of one of my bosses who I came into his office. I was probably mid twenties. I was super young. You and I are both Enneagram threes for those who are Enneagram people. And they'll know that there's this driven achiever in us that, you know, is awesome. (laughs) And it's not, you know, and (laughs) so you can envision 25 year old Jenny, who is like highly ambitious and driven and fully intent on climbing the corporate ladder. And some things are not going well. Me and my team, it's just, we're kind of off. And I go to my boss ready to tell him we need to fire everybody and get a new team because they're clearly not cutting it. And it's them, it's wow. not me. And, and he looks at me and he says, Jen, 
if you want to work with people, you're going to have to learn how to love them to lead them. Mm. Trey, it stopped me in my tracks. And, and wow. probably a lot of the listeners have heard this story, but it was so pivotal to me as a leader in that I realized I didn't have a clue what great leadership looked like. I just didn't know. And so that conversation just set me off on this journey to say, I need to figure out what great God-honoring leadership looks like. So I began, you know, kind of that journey and process and fast forward probably 10 or 15 years before I write the book. And I've just been studying. I've just been learning, like, what does a great leader do? A great leader is connecting relationally with their team. A great leader is especially as a person of faith, is spiritually like aware and attentive to their team. A great leader is setting strategy and direction and and helping us know where we're going. And a great leader is keeping the vision in front of us, is helping us just have that sense of hope and purpose for the work that we're doing. You know, I was really just evaluating all of these things and was kind of settling in on these four or five things that I felt like I saw every great leader do. Like every extraordinary leader was modeling some version of those things. And kind of the, another one that was kind of under the surface was the self-leadership part of they were leading themselves well first. Mm -hmm. They were intentional in their own growth and development. And then they were leading with these, what became the four dimensions. So yeah, that was the genesis of it. As I had started to say, every leader needs to be a great relational leader, a spiritual leader, a strategic leader, a visionary leader, and lead themselves well. This becomes the framework for the book. And so then I'm trying to figure out, well, how do I package that? Like, how do I frame this up so that it like (laughs) is relatable and connects with people? And I was praying through it. I felt God just kind of impressing upon me to read through the gospels and look at the life of Jesus as a leader. So I'm doing that. And I've been a Christian for a long, long time. So I've read the gospels a number of times. And, you know, there's a lot of passages of scripture that are really familiar. And you know how you do when you read something that's familiar, you kind of like skim through it and move on. And I was in the gospel of Mark chapter 12. And so I get to the place where they're kind of throwing the zingers at Jesus of, you know, like taxes, resurrection, like they're trying to like catch him off, you know? And then they ask him, what's the greatest commandment of all? And he responds with what we know as the great commandment. It it showed up first in the old Testament um, known as the Shema, you know, the, the commandment of love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so I do what I do. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. I learned that in Sunday school and it's slapped on the wall of the church that I attend and love God, love others. And it's like, yeah, 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 got it. And then I kind of pause and I just kind of felt God saying, hey, slow down. Like, look at this a little closer. And, and remember wow. when your boss way back said, hey, if you want to learn to lead people, you're going to have to learn how to love them. And I was like, ding, 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 right? Made the connection. Yeah, yeah. right there. There's love God and love others. And then I'm, you know, and then I start just, drawing all the connections, all the dots. I've been saying leaders need to be relational. Well, there's the heart. Leaders need to spiritually lead. Oh, there's the soul. Leaders need to strategically lead. Hmm, that's our mind. And leaders need to lead with strength, which, you know, scripture tells us that without vision, people perish, right? And so that vision provides strength. And so it, it just kind of all came together to say, here it is in the great commandment, you know, kind of fundamental parts of our faith as followers of Jesus Leadership isn't more complex than that. It, it yeah. all circles back to this whole idea of love God and love others with all of who you are. Because the implication there is that that heart, soul, mind, and strength is all of who God has created us to be. And yeah. I think that was what was interesting as I dug into it, you know, because we all simplify it to love God and love others, you know, 
But Jesus, you know, he gives the caveat with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the implication is that's our whole being. And I think what I noticed as I began to unpack this and study this is that leaders have a tendency to lead one dimensionally. You know, um, maybe we mm-hmm. lead with all heart or maybe we lead with all of our mind, but we don't tap into these other dimensions. And Jesus doesn't say love God and love others if you have heart or if you have soul or if you have mind or if you have strength. He's saying love God and love others with all of who you are, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so that became kind of the framework that really everything that I believe as a leader is shaped on these days. So you mentioned all those things. And that's a really tall order. I imagine somebody listening right now saying, I don't know if I could be that. Like, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I would imagine as you're going through this journey, though, there were probably people in your life who you would say, these are the extraordinary leaders that I began to model my own leadership after. So who are those people for you? You know, you do, you start to reflect and look back and you go, oh, what a gift that God put some of these people in my life. And we all have the, ba- the bad stories too, right? But but right. <laughs> when I look, reflect on my journey, I'm like, gosh, I'm so grateful. I think of, there's a lady named Bonnie who was the owner of an ice cream shop that I worked at as a 16 year old kid. And she just believed in me. Like, so from a heart standpoint, I mean, she would make us lunch and dinner on the long days that we would be working on the summer holidays. And she, you know, she would just relationally was connected and knew our names and knew our families and was interested in us as young 16 year old punk kids who are scooping ice cream, right? Like she just, she intentionally knew us, you know, she knew faith was really important to me. And so she was really conscientious of just the value of that in my life even though she wasn't as overtly a person of faith, she was highly like respectful of that and, and of that being a part of who I was, you know, she gave me direction, you know, from a mind dimension, she was giving me that direction. She kind of threw me in the deep end. I was managing the ice cream shop at 16 years old and doing all the ordering (laughs) of ice cream and reconciling the books at the end of the day and scheduling the rest of the team. And so she gave me tons of opportunity for me to grow and develop. And then she always gave us a vision and a sense of purpose in what we were doing. And so she's one of the early ones that comes to mind of like, I could see all of those dimensions kind of show up in how she led us. Then one of my bosses at the record company, same thing, you know, again, working in a corporate environment, the strategic, that mind dimension is probably going to be disproportionately true. The intentionality to just seeing me and knowing me and believing in me as a human was just Mm. so clear you know, we were a Christian division of Christian record label. And we actually were a group of people who, (laughs) you know, like we didn't just distribute Christian music. We were actually people who loved (laughs) Jesus and wanted to do that. And, uh, you know, so that showed up in things like staff devotion time. And that was optional, of course, because we're in a corporate environment, but it was something that was infused in what we did and calling people to a sense of purpose. You know, my, my leaders at the record company were really intentional with that. And so while it's not an equal balance of those things all the time. It was just the intentionality to see the whole person and to lead as a whole person. And so those are just a couple of examples. I probably could give you a ton more, but those are two of the biggest ones that stand out in my life. Yeah. That's one of the biggest challenges I think is to, to begin to develop the whole person as you're developing your leadership. And, and honestly, I think that's why, I mean, even, you know, as you talk about in your book, that's why it's important to know what those different facets are. Yeah. But then also to continue to work. And this is a lifelong journey. None of us are, you know, John Maxwell talks about this all the time, you know, with you initially step into leadership, but then eventually you have to earn the, the ongoing 
you know, facets of leadership as you grow. So yeah, kind of wrapping up for today, what would you say is the reason that extraordinary leadership is worth pursuing? Ah, that's a good, that's a good question. Why else would you lead? I think is, is Hmm. kind of my question back to that is like, you know, leadership is hard. It is not for the faint of heart. Like it is a weighty calling. It is a extraordinary responsibility. But I think when we look at this model of extraordinary leadership and leading from the great commandment and really tapping into all of who God has created us to be, God's getting our best and the people we're leading are getting our best. And so I think it's an opportunity for us to bring our whole selves to leadership. And I think sometimes we've seen examples of leaders that didn't do that. You know, and I think, you know, especially in the marketplace, the corporate side of things, I think what we often see modeled lacks a lot of heart and soul. And Mm -hmm. it just feels a little empty. It feels like I'm just kind of getting used. I'm just a cog in the machine of this this thing, you know, and I don't see feel valued and significant as a human. So I think when leaders sacrifice their heart and soul, and I know we'll get into the nuances of this more in other episodes, but I think when leaders sacrifice a portion of who they are, the people that they're leading don't get their best. I think it's an opportunity for the best of us to show up as leaders. And that's why I'm committed to it personally. Yeah. And that's what we all need. That's what we all want. I mean, going back to your Barna stat earlier, it's, you know, I think that people can sniff out inauthentic leadership. People can sniff out when yep. you're not bringing your best self, you know, a lot of times as a leader, I've been in this position where I kind of need to confess to my group that maybe I haven't been bringing all of myself. And it's like, you know what? Yep. They probably already know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. You've only been fooling like, yourself. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I think we all need that. I think that definitely makes it worth pursuing because, you know, as, as I like to say a lot of time with different organizations that I've worked with is, you know, as the leader gets better, everyone else benefits. For sure. Yes. And I think if yep. we want everyone to benefit, then it's worth us pursuing the very best that we can be uh, at the highest standard that we can do. And what, what higher yep. standard is there than for the example that Jesus set for us in heart and soul and mind and strength? So I think this has been an amazing introduction to this has been fun. Uh, everything extraordinary leadership. Um, we're going to continue this conversation in the rest of the series. So for those of you listening, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wrap it up. That's fine. That's perfect. I'm, you've given me the reins as the host. You're in charge. Yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to invite everybody back to the podcast for the very next episode of this series, where we will explore all the intricacies of the heart and the soul. We'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.